Coming up on the WAC Podcast, UTRGV, they start football in 2025. They have a head football coach named, we'll discuss the MLS draft. They moved their draft up this year. We'll talk a little bit about a couple of WAC players who might get selected next week. Men's basketball, women's basketball. Hey, we had another quasi-WAC road trip uh, this past week. We'll talk about that. All that and more coming up on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Woohoo! Football season, well, I guess for the FCS and for our WAC teams, has come to a close, but. Well, except for two teams in the FCS. Well, I mean, that our championships still. That's correct. We're not, we're not caring about everybody else right we now. We are not. We certainly <laughs> do not. If it's not whack, we don't care. Just kidding. <laughs> of course we do. But anywho, UTRGV, soon to have a football program in the WAC. They have officially announced their head coach as Travis Bush. So very exciting news out of edinburgh this morning yes i happened to be down there uh, during the volleyball tournament when they made the official announcement that football was being added along with women's swimming uh with uh cheer and with uh with their band with their pet band uh that they were adding you know scholarship uh opportunities uh travis bush will be the new head coach uh it was announced by ad chase conk he uh has some uh, d1 experience and has some experience kendra starting a program from the ground up as he was part of that staff at UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio, when they started football and helped them to to the point where they're a very good team year in and year out. Uh, more recently was at the uh, high school level in New Braunfels, Texas, so very well plugged in to the Texas recruits, and in particular in the Valley. So uh, that'll be exciting to see when they get their first game going in twenty. 25. Now, the other thing about that is they have a chance to recruit a couple of recruiting classes before they hit the field. So that's also a benefit of, of having that kind of long uh, ramp to starting football is that you're not going to start necessarily with 60 freshmen on the team. You're going to have an opportunity to, to do some recruits, maybe some portal, you know, people transferring in, those kind of things. So uh, a big hire there for UTRGV. He also has some NFL experience where he worked with the Buffalo Bills uh, back in 2015, a team you know very well. I do know the Buffalo Bills back in the day when I covered their training camp back in 2019. Um, but also, you know, it looks like he his father, Brush, 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 Bruce. <laughs> his name is Brush, 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 Brush. That's tough. B B. That is a that's an alliteration. That is tricky. Bruce Bush, the football coach. Um, he uh, he was pretty well known in the in the coaching world, Texas coaching world, and so very exciting. He can always, you know, he has obviously uh, Travis has experience building a program up. But if he has any questions, he's got Bruce. Now, going from football to football. Oh, my gosh, my favorite. <laughs> oh, my favorites. Uh, the 2023 MLS Super Draft is actually being held in 2022. Uh, they moved the date up. It's generally in uh, January. This year, it's going to be on December 21st. And per usual, there are several WAC players that are catching the eyes of, of pro scouts at the MLS level. In particular, uh, Sean Joash, the 
uh, WAC Player of the Year from Grand Canyon, and also uh, Declan McGlynn's another uh, name that's been floated around from Seattle U. So generally speaking, again, a four-round draft, uh, four, five, six WAC players might get the opportunity to uh, play at the next level. Yeah, usually in the past we've had, you know, a good handful, a good chunk of, of guys selected. And so it'll be pretty exciting to uh, to see what happens. And then it's also interesting that they moved up the draft. I wonder, you know, if is it because the World Cup and all the hype around it right. or what exactly the, the reasoning behind it is. But either way, very exciting. Yeah, when does the World Cup conclude? Do you know that off the top of your head? Off the top. Happened to be watching the other day, so I had the car in the shop, and they had the TV on. It was the Netherlands against Argentina, and just a few of us were kind of watching the game. And then as things got really exciting, it got to that tie with the header off off the set piece. Did you see that play? It was amazing. No, it wasn't a header, or was it? I don't. No, Don't know what I I speak of. People are saying this was like the the game of the year, any sport, any any time. Because it was 2-0 Argentina. It was a done deal. Netherlands come back. They score 2-1. Then they score in extra time to make it 2-2, and then it goes to a shootout. Argentina wins in the shootout. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Well, the, the finals will be played on Sunday, December 18th. So December 21st, that does... Oh, so it does... Capitalize on the... Our- our theory. Excitement yeah. of soccer, as we call it here in the U.S. Yes, that's right. And uh, your Colorado Rapids, I see, have the number three pick in this year's draft. Yeah. Well, they they, uh, they need it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or FC Dallas, as we're now you know, in the Metroplex, true. they will be picking number 24. The Rapids, by the way, they have two first-round picks. So the mm. third pick they acquired from Toronto. And then their normal pick is number 12. Oh, okay. So Very exciting. Yeah. 29 picks in the first round is the MLS. They just keep expanding and uh, very exciting for potential uh, MLS players there. Uh, men's basketball, we had an opportunity to go to Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth on Saturday to see UT Arlington take on Texas State. Unfortunately, the Mavericks come up short on that uh, end, and that was part of a doubleheader as TCU played SMU as well. Um, Very uh, interesting venue there. I I was saying it was like the Pepsi Center or uh, what is it, Ball Arena now in Denver. Uh, I mean, right up there with with some of the top-notch facilities you'll see in, uh, in many NBA or NHL facilities. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Um, you know, shout out to Dickie's Arena. We had a beautiful suite. We had several of the WAC staff members in attendance. The commissioner? Of course, the commissioner. Of course, Drew Spira, our associate commissioner for basketball. We had a bunch of guys. Patrick Colbert. Patrick Colbert. I mean, you name it, they were likely there. And Shelby Herndon. Shelby Herndon. I guess we're naming everybody <laughs> that was there. <laughs> Demetrius House. Demetrius House. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was a really good time. And uh, Rebecca Ray. Rebecca Ray. We're still going on this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it was it was fun. no it was and uh we're getting to the point uh with basketball again the conference play starts december 29th yes exciting announcement let's do this on the show espn plus will be carrying this year's road to wag vegas show starring one kendra sheehan 
Oh yeah, I know. This is this is big news. We've really expanded our our work that we've done with ESPN. We got you know our our football media days were on ESPN, our basketball media days were on ESPN. So very excited to have this Road to Whack Vegas show. It'll be in a in a two block likely format um, that will air on <laughs> TBA. Most, yeah, <laughs> TBD. TBD most Thursdays, a couple Wednesdays, depending on our schedules. But yeah, that's that's the Road to Whack Vegas nine episodes. It's gonna be a blast starting on January fifth, and that'll be at eleven a.m. Central. Uh, for the first few weeks, as Kendra mentioned, we'll have a few that we'll have to do on Wednesdays just because of the whack uh, basketball schedule this year. Uh, we have kind of games, quite a, quite a few of them on, on Wednesdays this year, so you want to check your local listings, as they say. How about our men's basketball players of the week? Let's get into that. How about Utah Valley's Aziz Bendego from Utah? Well, I just said it, Utah Valley. <laughs> um, but he uh, he's a sophomore center, uh, just transferred in from Akron. And uh, he had – I was pulling some video from a couple of his games this week, and, man, he can dunk. I he think is. five <laughs> of the six highlights that I grabbed were dunks. I mean, he averaged 14.5 points this week, eight and a half rebounds. Um, but, you know, the Wolverines had two big road victories this week, and he, his Duncan was a part of it. Well, and, and a road victory victory at BYU. Oh, yeah. Of course, their crosstown rival. Last year, you might remember, they beat BYU when they were ranked in the top 25, and that game was in Orem. This one in Provo, which, if you've ever been there, it's basically the, the same city uh, in terms <laughs> of you're driving, you're in Provo, all of a sudden you're in Orem. But uh, he is a very impressive uh, big man for the Wolverines, and I know for them to be able to beat BYU in particular and their former coach, Mark Pope, who's now the head coach of the Cougars, that means a lot for those folks uh, over in Orem. Our freshman of the week, also coming from Utah, this southern Utah, uh, Parsa Fala, averaging 12.5 points. Southern Utah, they're a team we haven't talked a ton about this year, Kendra, but they're very impressive as well. They are very impressive. They're on a three-game win streak. They're seven and three, so they're kind of just they're on the upper, um, you know, quadrant of our basketball standings as of right now. These guys are the newcomers, if you remember coming in from this league, but or coming in like from the Big Sky. But they were they were pretty impressive in the Big Sky, and so you know we had some some high expectations for this team coming in. We felt like they could come in and compete for uh, be a, a whack tournament title contender right away and so once conference play gets rolling it'll be interesting to see you know how they do I mean look at some of their wins this this year but then you know 82 to 76 lost to Kansas that's not bad other ones like that so and we're going to talk to Drew Spira actually I will because Kendra is going to be on assignment here for the remainder of the week, so we, we kind of parse this together, if you this will. will be this will be, this is what we'll recap next week this on is, the podcast. This is pre-vacation, Kendra. This is pre-Mexico, Kendra. It's her my last day in the office before I say see ya to Cancun. Wow. <laughs> Did you ever hear the old story about who was it, Nick Van Exel, when they do? Like the season's basically over and they're getting swept in a playoff series. And, you know, when you put your hands in and does one, two, three Cancun. Oh, no. Because <laughs> they were heading to Cancun because oh. they lost. So oh. Season's That's over. That's me. One, two, yeah. three. One, two, three Cancun. Cancun. Um, the resume seating system. So Drew will be on our uh, in our next segment. Sam Houston still on top 
and they lost to Oklahoma State this week. So, again, taking into account the net rankings of opponents, if it's home or on the road, those kind of things. Sam Houston, the number one team. Seattle U, still right up there at number two. Grand Canyon had a couple of losses this week, Kendra, but they still check in at number three. They lost a close one to uh, North Texas, and I'm trying to think it was Loyola Marymount was the other game. So they are currently sitting at number three. Utah Valley now at number four with that big win over BYU and uh, New Mexico State now at number five. So it uh, it fluctuates quite a bit if you've been following it uh, from week to week, even from day to day. You'll see quite a bit of fluctuation, and I'm sure we're going to see a lot more of that as we get into conference play. Yeah, very excited to see, you know, how it plays out because if you look at, you know, I like to just match the WAC basketball standings and the WAC resume seating system to see how much it uh, changes. But anyway, women's basketball, shall we just roll right into it? Women's hoops? How about Macy Warren, the WAC Ticket Smarter Player of the Week from Utah Tech, 29 points per game, eight rebounds per game, shooting 60% from behind the arc. That'll get you Player of the Week. I mean, certainly. They played Air Force, so it was their only game this week, and she was just an absolute stud. Then for our freshman of the week, tell me if you heard this name before, because you have last week, (laughs) Jordan Harrison from Stephen F. Austin scored 15 points in the Lady Jacks' big Power 5 win over Arizona State um, on – that was yesterday. Yeah. That's when it was. It was. They had the doubleheader because you were. I was monitoring. You were monitoring. You were all over that game. I was. You probably were. I was. Yeah. No, (laughs) I'm being serious. I'm being serious. Yeah, no, she uh, she's somebody that I can really see just really developing this program. She's got a real knack for, uh, you know, she's got good ball handling skills, and then she can pull up and shoot the three. So. Yeah, we had a couple SFA. plays up for whack top play nominations yes uh and and i believe hers was one of them sfa i voted for her uh, well <laughs> it, it didn't make the top two the top it didn't two, but no. jordan if you're out there <laughs> you're pulling for i was it. thinking of you sfa uh, number one in the resume seating system for the whack utah tech now at number two i don't think at the beginning of the season, a whole lot of people saw that coming but again the way the trailblazers have been playing uh, I mean, to win at Air Force on the road, 7,000 feet in elevation. Of course, St. George, people think Utah, that it's higher elevation. It's not. I got news for you. Oh. It's actually like Las Vegas climate. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So huge win for Utah Tech there. Grand Canyon now number three. They're eight and one in the uh, – you know, because not all the games count in this uh, resume seating system. Uh, UT Arlington, they're in fourth place. They're six and five. So when you're looking at the records, but they're number number four because because of the quality of the competition they're playing. Interesting. Or part of it, you know. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Utah Tech certainly uh, surprising me and you and a lot of people, but. You know, it'll be interesting to see when, when they get into conference play um, just because, you know, they had Macy Warren, her sister, had that season-ending uh, knee injury earlier before they even started. And so, you know, their their goal is to get – you know, we spoke with them on media day is to get into the tournament and win one game in the tournament is initially. They want to win a game in the WAC 
tournament. They haven't gotten the chance to go because they've been transitioning. Now they're eligible to go per the WAC and our Commissioner Thornton's forward-thinking process and allowing these schools to compete. But, hey, if they keep it up like this, they their goal should be go all the way. Right, <laughs> and we saw that happen with California Baptist uh, two years ago when they were not eligible to go to the NCAA tournament. They ran the table. Yeah. They ran that they – they won every non-conference game. They won every conference game. Didn't lose a game until they got to the WNIT well into it. So it's possible. It is possible. Anything's possible if you just believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's your Monday motivation I for tell you. you. I, I like this. I think we're getting Kendra, the positive Kendra, is is one of my favorite Kendra. Positive Kendra is here because Positive Kendra is about 30 short minutes from Cancun, guys. <laughs> I can't wait to recap it on the podcast next week. Well, and and uh, we're only about 2 weeks away from uh from my big Oh yeah, ceremony. from Oh yeah, then we'll have to recap that on the podcast. <laughs> Getting married. Getting married. In Florida. In Florida, on the beach. Man, oh, man. Will so that be spectacular? So let's hope the weather is good. <laughs> is there a backup plan? Well, here, again, we're in Texas. It's supposed, supposed to be like 41 degrees. <laughs> Lights go out, as per usual, during the podcast. 41 degrees, like, is the high on Saturday. Oh, really? Cause here, Not like, a me problem. Because, like, like, 41 in Colorado, like, when the sun's out, isn't that bad? Yeah. But but like, 41 here when it's, like, cloudy and, like, windy? Yes. It's so, it's almost so depressing when yeah. it's so cloudy and rainy. It's been pretty rainy the last few days. I yeah. haven't really appreciated Maybe that's the it. mood. Maybe. It's the mood. So, all right. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to have Drew Spira. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, he's, we're going to talk about that resume seating system and the early season so far in WAG basketball. You're listening to the WAG Podcast. Uh, dun, dun, dun. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAG Podcast. Welcome back to the WAG Podcast. Eric Danner with you. Kendra Sheehan now on assignment. We're joined by... Drew Spira, who is our WAC Associate Commissioner for Basketball. Drew, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Eric. Good to be here. Uh, obviously, sad we missed Kendra, but I know she's out working, so um, happy to be here with you today. Well, actually, if we're going to be totally transparent, she's on a beach in Mexico right now. So, Well, you know, you put that out there, not me. <laughs> well, that is kind of the case a, a lot uh, with basketball teams this time of year, Drew. As you know, uh, being around basketball pretty much your, your whole life, that this time of year we're we're seeing a lot of whack teams in particular that are going on these uh, trips to uh, to rather nice locations. What what's some of the idea behind that? I know we're going to see a, I believe Seattle U playing on Christmas in uh, in Hawaii there. Yeah, obviously the you know the, these early season events you know in the basketball world they're called multi-team events um, you know and, and they're important in scheduling. You, you go to a tournament like that, you get a, a two or three games, um, and really that's how you maximize and unlock the potential of your schedule. The NCAA allows you to play 29 contests, um, but if you play in an exempt event, you can get that number to 31. Um, so in order to unlock those extra two games, you have to play in those events and. Of course, promoters and everybody likes to have them in these fancy locations. Um, it's good for fans. It's good for engagement. It's it's a vacation type situation for a lot of them, um, and so it's good for for our teams to be a part of them. You know, I think one of the things 
early on that we try to get across is is those events are are um, you know important. You can go and get great matchups that that you're not going to see on a neutral court. Uh, I think we saw that with Tarleton in the Paradise Jam. Um, they got a chance to to play against Boston College, you know, and get a big victory. Um, Belmont, a, a a great basketball program, get a victory, um, you know, and, and then play their third game in the championship, and you know, obviously take take a loss, but another quality matchup for them um, is there. And, and obviously we saw the same thing with, with uh, Grand Canyon in Kansas city, obviously not the same level of vacation destination, but <laughs> Kansas city is a great basketball town. And that event that they're in is historically a, a very strong one. Uh, and then of course, we're going to see Seattle, um, you know, coming up here in the diamond head, which is, which is a great ESPN run event uh, right before Christmas, you know, great matchups. They get Utah state in the first game. Um, who's a who's a great high level net team right now, um, you know, opportunity to play SMU and Iona, uh, you know, as well as some others in that in the third game there. And so um, th those events are really just uh, obviously great destinations, but great resume opportunities uh, and great building opportunities for all of our programs that can get a, a part of them. Drew, one of the things about this year in particular is a conference play gets underway. I, I think our first game is December 28th, but most of them start December 29th. And that's a little bit earlier maybe the, in the calendar than in previous years, but I know a lot of that has to do with the number of teams we have in the league this year. And that, that's going to be interesting to see because that's obviously when, you know, uh, there aren't students on campus, those kind of things. And, and those, uh, you know, games all of a sudden mean a lot when you're in conference play and, and now we're, we're, we're starting before the first of the year. Yeah. I mean, obviously you got to play some of those games early, you know, December 28th is, is an early date. You know, we have, we kick it off with, with one game there and then, you know, the rest of the slate starts on the 29th. Um, and we get things rolling, you know, obviously you try to get as many of those matchups as you can, but uh, you know, after Christmas, love to start a little bit later, but with an odd number of teams and trying to compress this, you know, the schedule is the way it is on this calendar year. Um, you know, that's kind of the start date that that's that's pr pretty standard across the board um, in college basketball at this point, especially for people playing, you know, 18 conference games this season after Christmas. So, yeah, it's going to be exciting. Obviously, uh, atmosphere is different um, on December 29th or December 31st than it is on January 31st. And so, uh, you know, it, it, it coming after Christmas and getting your your program back going is is always a challenge. And so. Um, you know, coaches I know are, are trying to figure out the best way to do it and get their teams enough practice, enough rest, enough, um, you know, scouting preparation for those games. But yeah, let's get started there. And, you know, we're excited for, for January and February and, you know, if conference play, our leagues are, you know, both our men's and women's leagues are in such great position right now um, with what we've been able to do in the non-conference. Uh, we look to hopefully keep that momentum going and, and keep building strength. Uh, you know, in our league as 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 we continue. Drew, uh, as part of your role being the the associate commissioner for basketball, uh, you, you're working on next year's schedule. It, it seems like year round. Every every time we have a meeting, hey, Drew, what's what's the story with the schedule? Those kind of things. Kind of explain to people all, all the work that goes into creating schedules, men men's and women's. Uh, but all, all the uh, I, I don't want to say hoops you have to jump through, but there's there's a lot of elements that go into making a schedule. Sure. Yeah. And in, in basketball operations world, uh, you know, the, the thing you always say is, is you're really actually working a season ahead. 
Um, you know, when you're in the fall, the basketball ops people are, are working on the spring. When you're in the spring, they're working on the next fall. And so in scheduling, it's the same way. Um, you know, we finished the last year's schedule. We try to kick it right back to the to next year's schedule. And yeah, we already are working on it, um, you know, trying to uh, streamline some of the things that that we're, we're trying to accomplish in the schedule and, and move forward for next season. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Um, obviously, we're building schedules simultaneously with our men's and our women's programs. Um, and so trying to avoid conflict um, just between the two genders uh, is one. Obviously, we have there's blackout dates and other things that come into play um, for teams that, uh, you know, maybe their arena is offline for a week or a weekend or, you know, X number of date. And so those things happen. And then obviously geography is such a huge part of our league. Um, you know, we're, we're spaced out. Uh, and so we have to make sure that we're being efficient in our travel uh, as much as possible on some of these trips. And so uh, making sure that those those things all align at the same time uh, becomes challenging uh, in some form or fashion. But we have some great people that are helping behind the scenes with scheduling. And, and you know, we utilize um, Kevin Palga, who's one of the, the, the scheduling gurus in the country, does all kinds of, you know, high level um, conferences and professional leagues. Um, help us sort out some of these things. But yeah, as we continue to build forward, you know, we're finding new and efficient ways to get things done. But yeah, we are always working on the next season schedule and, you know, hopefully we'll have it rolled out, um, you know, in an earlier time frame than we were this year when we were kind of building from scratch. So some exciting news. We had uh, right around the start of uh, basketball practice or about the time we did basketball media day that we're having two linear games this year, which, is big for the WAC. We haven't had this in quite some time with uh, Grand Canyon playing against Abilene Christian and then Stephen F. Austin getting a home game against the California Baptist. That also kind of, uh, you had to do some maneuvering there, Drew, as far as the windows that ESPN has open for their linear networks and then trying to not only get those games on, but having to maybe move a, a few other games around. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we want to be a great partner with ESPN. Obviously, we're excited that all of our matchups are, you know, on ESPN Plus at the minimum and, and then on on linear. Um, and so when you get an opportunity to get two games on linear TV, um, you know, we want to be accommodating as possible. And, and like you mentioned, yeah, we moved, um, you know, that Grand Canyon Abilene Christian game. You know, they had a Friday night window. Let's So we moved that game to Friday night, which caused, you know, a trickle down to, to another game getting moved to a, a Wednesday, I believe, from a Thursday. And so you know, those type of things do happen. Uh, same thing with the Cal Baptist, Stephen F. Austin. You know, they, they said, hey, we can give you a second window if if we have a Sunday game. And so trying to find a matchup that, you know, makes sense that they're interested in and in, in being able to accommodate and is, is important for us as we move forward as a league in basketball. Uh, you know, obviously a focus for, for our league, um, you know, trying to move forward is and, – and so we're, we're trying to be accommodating with ESPN. And so excited that we were able to get those things done um, obviously excited to have, you know, more teams on on linear as, as much as possible. Um, you know, get continuing to work with ESPN and being a great partner is 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 the primary goal for us. And and so, you know, as, as many as you can get on in linear is great. Obviously, we saw some in the early season with uh, those MTE events is another example for getting on linear. Um, Stephen F. Austin and La Tech are on linear tonight. So, you know, obviously getting that exposure for our league um is is great and so we're continuing to work towards uh making that as happen as as frequently as possible Andrew, having some of those big games can help your your resume and, and the resume seating system was a big story 
and continues to be a big story here in, in WAC basketball. Now that we're starting to see some of those those rankings, what, what kind of feedback are you getting uh, both from, from coaches, administrators, and, and what is it going the way you thought it would? Yeah, I mean, I think it's early. Um, you know, obviously the net comes out early and, and you have to wait. Our, our system is based upon the net numbers. And so we wait until the net comes out before we can release any data. But we felt it was important that, hey, we were going to be fully transparent from the beginning. And, and once the net is out, we'll release the same data daily um, on our website, waxsports.com. You know, people, people can check on their teams each day. You can see the values. Um, it's important. And so obviously I think it's early to tell exactly what's happening. I think from the from the season um, that we've experienced so far, uh, I, I would say it's it's pretty indicative of what's what's actually happened and who where our strength is at the current moment. Now, does that mean it won't change? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I think that, that there's obviously room for each team to climb and grow, um, just as there's room for each team to 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 take a loss and and fall down a spot. And so, just as a conference standings, that's going to happen. Um, you know, until the end, until all the data is is finalized, um, you know, you, you're not going to have the clearest of pictures of, of exactly where everybody sets. You know, it, for example, looking at our men's rankings, you, you know, every there, there's teams like five through 10 or 11. They're all separated by essentially a game, one game, a one one win against a quality opponent moves them up four or five slots. We saw that with New Mexico State. They got a great win against Duquesne on the road very valuable in our seating system road wins are extremely valuable um at the time duquesne was a was a top 120 net team uh and so getting that win projected them from i think 10th to fifth um and so i think that that's the kind of thing you're going to see right now i think you see that in the net um you know win a great game you could jump uh lose a tough game you could fall and so I, i think that's where we're at but overall i think you know it's 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 running as we're expected so far um, we've gotten some good feedback from outside and external units, um, you know, obviously working towards being able to talk with our selection committee folks and and working towards, uh, you know, selection Sunday and, and whoever our automatic qualifier is, is 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 this is a tool that hopefully we can articulate um, to those people and they can understand kind of where, you know, these teams are and they've taken interest to, to date. So uh, we're excited to continue that and, and see where it goes. Yeah, on the women's side, uh, we just saw Stephen F. Austin get a big win over Arizona State at at home, and then of course Sam Houston uh, defeating Oklahoma and Utah on the road, which not only you know helps them in this resume seating system, but raises a profile for for WAC basketball, which seems to be on the way up here, Drew. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you talked about it. You know, Sam Houston had some great wins early. Um, Seattle's good wins. Um, you know, uh, down the line, Utah Valley at BYU, another great win. Uh, and so, you know, those are valuable. And that's really what we're trying to get across with, you know, with, with the seating system is that those games are more valuable than than other games. And, and all games are created equal just as the committee looks at it. Uh, they understand that all games are created equal. And I think that's why we see, you know, Sam Houston, you know, has had a great season so far. You know, they really can't hang a bad loss on their name. So, you know, they have two of them, two losses, but neither of them are bad. Uh, you know, Seattle as well. Great season so far. You know, they've, they've done what they what they're supposed to. Obviously, they took a loss to Washington, but that's why those teams are are high in the net. They're high in our seating system. It's you know, they're high in Ken Palm, however you want it, the metrics you want to look at. Um, you know, it's great. We have three teams in the top 100 in net in both men's and women's basketball this season, which is huge for us. 
Uh, I think in women's basketball, it speaks a ton to uh, where we're at right now. Uh, last season, you, we, we kind of had Stephen F. Austin in that top 100 group. And then it was a, a pretty steep fall from there as far as net rankings. And to have three teams in the top 100 right now is extremely um, – it, it's extremely good for us as a league. Uh, and, and, you know, men's basketball, there's, I think, five in the top 115 and six in the top 150 and a couple right knock on the door. And so as we have those numbers, it just builds more strength in the league. When we when we get into league play, obviously there's going to be, you know, you know you, we're not going to win all the games in league play. Somebody loses every night. Um, but it's going to build resume opportunities for a team that's having a great season um, to build that resume that they need. Uh, to earn their seed in the in the in the NCAA tournament uh, as we get going, and 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 now that there's ability in both men's and women's basketball, which is extremely great for us. Yeah, and and another idea behind this is getting those those two teams, you know, eventually into the NCAA tournament. We saw it happen in women's soccer this year, which I don't know if it was expected that uh, we we'd get two teams in first time in about uh, 10, 12 years. Since that's happened, what what would it take to to get that uh, that goal of having two teams in the NCAA's? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the the biggest thing that you try to push for right now is you know you, we know we're going to have an AQ and and trying to push for our AQ to challenge themselves and and you challenge the the league as a whole to challenge itself in non conference and in conference and building the strong conferences um, to try to build that resume to so the point where our AQ is in position to earn a better seat. Uh, and so really what we're talking about is New Mexico State was a 12 seed last year. Um, you know, they took on a couple losses at the end of the season that kind of hurt them. They could have maybe been in position for an 11 seed. And so once you have a team that's earned the right to be in discussion for a 10 or an 11 seed, now if they don't win your AQ, they're in position to get an at-large bid. And so really that's what you're trying to push for at this point is how do we push for our teams to be – our league to be strong enough that our, that we warrant – a better better than 12 seed a, 10, a 12 10 11 seed in the NCAA tournament and then in the situation where that team you know stumbles in our whack tournament doesn't earn the aq now they're in position to to earn um an at-large bid and so that's probably where it's at right now you know eventually you'd love to have two teams that are just skyrocketing together or three teams that are skyrocketing together and, and they're you know back and forth the whole season and you walking, you're we're walking into Wack Vegas, you know, understanding that hey, both teams are probably going to make it. Um, but you know, at this current state, you know, status of where we're at right now, I think that that's really what we're pushing for is trying to have our teams earn um, great NCAA tournament seeds, uh, which statistically allows them to have a better opportunity of advancing in the NCAA tournament. You know, we want to put our teams in the best chance uh, to be successful in March. And, and that's really where our goals are set right now is, is trying to accomplish that. Well, with uh, WAC Vegas, uh, you mentioned they're coming up. It'll be here before you know it because it, February is the shortest month, right? And then all of a sudden we're into March. Uh, we have 12 teams going in this year. So only one team will not be participating. And we have Tarleton, Utah Tech, both now eligible for the WAC tournament. Uh, we're going to be at Mandalay Bay for two days at the Michelob Ultra Arena. And then going going over to the Orleans Arena, where the WAC tournament's been for more than a decade. Uh, as far as prepping for that, uh, Drew, that's uh, that's a lot with twelve teams and uh, and two different venues. Absolutely, you know we're building it together. Uh, you know, as a group, we're having meetings, obviously, on what we want it to look like. Um, you know, a lot of our staff 
is new and and we're we're going into uh probably a, our first full year of preparation for most of us i joined obviously in late february and and like two weeks before whack vegas last year and so um now in being in the whole cycle of preparing it's it's really getting into the nitty-gritty and and finding the best way to accomplish you know our goals of having a great postseason tournament um and obviously you mentioned that you have two different arenas which which makes things difficult uh, or not difficult, but just, in, you know, interesting and in, in trying to make sure you're, you know, everything's lined up on on both venues because they don't operate the same. Both aren't the exact same, um, but we're excited about um, some great basketball. Obviously, we're going to have six days of tournament this year. You know, we're going to run four games a day for the first five days and then championship Saturday uh, in WAC Vegas is going to be exciting. And so really just trying to prepare everything. And, and you know, like you mentioned, 13 teams in our league right now, 12, only 12 make it. I think one thing that I'd love to talk about a little bit is just we talk about the resume seeding system, and that's how we actually are seeding those teams. Uh, but one thing to note is that in order to qualify for WAC Vegas, that 13th team, that's based purely on conference record. Uh, so we will have that conference record built in. So if if you're the if you finished last in conference only uh, data, um, then 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 you don't qualify for WAC Vegas. Uh, and then we seed from there after that. Uh, so it's really not, you know, when you're looking at WAC resume seeding right now on 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 WACsports.com, you're really not looking at your team thinking, oh, we're not going to make it. It's really up to, you know, all the day. We have 18 games to determine who makes it and who doesn't. And so um, that's one thing that I think, you know, with the seeding system that comes up quite a bit and is, is misunderstood is that um, it's not determining who actually, you know, qualifies for WAC Vegas, but we do have the full 13 this year. Utah Tech and Tarleton are both eligible. And so, um, you know, it's it's great to have an all-inclusive type field uh, or a, a ability for everybody to participate. Nobody's left out. Um, and so hopefully, you know, it's it's an earned situation uh, for those top 12 teams, and, and it's going to be a good experience. But overall, the tournament, we're excited for it. We're putting together all the the details of it now, um, hopefully having some some new elements to, to everybody who, who shows up in in Las Vegas this year for our, for our event. Um, you know, obviously last year was great having all those different schools that that was their first time in Las Vegas. And so hopefully, you know, it gets out to their, their, their fan base, um, you know, their, their, their fans show up and, and it's really become a great event out there. We are really surprised, not, not surprised, but really happy with how it turned out last year and really looking forward to, um, you know, great, make it better, even better this season. Yeah, the, the other thing with that, uh, to piggyback on what you're saying there, Drew, regarding that the conference records do have an impact on on the 12 teams. Also, the conference regular season champion, which uh, will, will also be crowned via record as a, opposed to the resume seating system. Yeah, correct. Yeah, a regular season champ is is based on, you know, purely conference data. Um, and so that that that's, you know, everybody's going to be vying for that. You know, everybody wants to hang a banner in their, in their facility. Um, you know, we'll hand out the trophy to whoever has the best record in WAC play, you know, at the end of this thing, probably first week in March, right? That's where we're targeting. That's right. This will, uh, there's uh, going to be a lot of basketball in the next uh, three months. We look forward to it, Drew. We uh, appreciate you taking some time out to be on the show and uh, we'll see you in the office tomorrow. Yeah. See you then, Eric. <laughs> All right. That's Drew Spira, our associate commissioner for basketball. Thanks for listening to the WAC podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.